Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Welcome in on a Friday morning. Watched a little sports while I was anchoring in Channel 2 last night. I think multiple things. One, first day of the division series is in the playoffs, and man, the Dodgers have to be feeling good about this. I know it's just one game. It's best out of five, and then whoever wins has got to win a best out of seven to get to the World Series. But the Dodgers are the only team that looked any good. I mean... They win 6 nothing. An error helps them, and they get some insurance runs, and it takes the pressure off the bullpen. We'll see, you know, their bullpen. And I follow Larry the Laker on Twitter, and my gosh, does he go nuts about hating on the Dodger bullpen. I guess he thinks they should have won 110 or 120 games. I mean, everything else is so awesome about the team. The bullpen is not perfect. They are flawed. They have blown games, but... And the, and the pressure wasn't on. You know, it's 6 nothing. It makes it a little easier to close out the game. But they look great. And then you watch that Atlanta-St. Louis debacle, and Atlanta gets a, a run thanks to an error early in the game, and then St. Louis ties it up. And then Atlanta gets two more runs thanks to an error. and goes back in front, even though we didn't see both runs score. TBS, could you show guys crossing home plate? That's kind of the whole deal. That's what you get points for. That's how you win the game. <laughs> I mean, there's like... 30 teams out there have got local broadcast crews. I mean, somebody knows how to do this. TBS, what are you doing? Anyway, St. Louis comes back and ties it up at three extra innings, and they take this big 7-3 league, and then their bullpen almost blows it, and Atlanta comes storming back, but finally St. Louis wins the game. I don't know. It wasn't impressing. It wasn't dominant. If I were, if I were a Dodger fan, just off one game, and I know the one can turn, but that was a good day. American League Stars today nationally continues. There's four games. Thursday Night Football, that was good. I think uh, the NFL, and they know this because of the way they scheduled, you know, the, the Rams in Seattle, there's something about the matchup where they keep playing high-scoring games. And 30-29, and the Rams had a field goal at the end, and it just barely missed. And they played a 33-31 game last year. They played another close high-scoring game last year. And they're on Thursday night here, and their rematch is on Sunday night football. So, yeah, the, the NFL does a good job of keeping the best games front and center and then hiding the bad games, regional TV to 10% of America. Let's hide this. So that was a good night of watching football. And tonight, no Pac-12 football tonight. That's interesting. There's a Mountain West game. It's New Mexico and San Jose State, so I may end up passing on that. I'm not uh, not thrilled with that one. So we'll talk more about the football coming up. It is a football Friday, but we thought we'd give you some basketball. The Jazz have their Meet the Team event tonight. It's free. Last year, a lot of people with kids in the lower bowl, and, you know, a lot of people don't get that close to the Jazz and Jazz games, and everybody's in a great mood. And they usually mess around and have some contests and do some interactive stuff. I don't know what if they'll do what they did last year. I don't know what's on the agenda, but it's pretty good. And people are in and out. It's like an hour, hour and a quarter or something. So it's not a big deal. You're not there all night. You can take little kids and, you know, still be home by 8 or 8.30 or whatever. Well, actually, probably even earlier than that, depending on where you live. So uh, we're going to let you listen to some of the jazz right now. A little bit from... Uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell on the podium at Media Day, which was fun because there were a lot of questions torturing Donovan Mitchell over the outcome of the uh, World Cup game that France won. Here they are on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Donovan, uh, this year you get the opportunity to play with an elite point guard in Mike Conley. What, what do you feel like 
you can learn from him and, and being a backcourt partner with him? Um, I think, you know, the first thing um, I can really learn from him is just his leadership skills, leadership qualities. Um, I think for him, he's a guy who can who goes at his own pace. You know, I think that's one of the things I'm really starting to learn, um, just figuring out how to slow down a little bit, you know, take my time. And it's not really always about getting in there, you know, and scoring. You know, he's great at finding guys who are open. Um, I think that'll be, I think, a little bit easier for me this year, just being able to find guys and, you know, find big fella. I think he's, he's Mike has shown in his career that he can do both, hit the corner, hit guys in the corner on the wing, hit guys rolling to the basket. So just being able to take that away and just being around him, you know, he's just the way he goes about his day. You know, whether it's eating right. Um, like I said, he moves at his own pace. You know, I make fun of him. I said, you've been in Memphis where you're down south, everything's slower. I'm from New York where everything's like, you know, <laughs> quicker. But, you know, just being able to apply that to, to my life and my game. Uh, for both of you, can you speak to the benefits of international play during the summer and how that might impact your games this year? I think uh, you just learn how to win. You know, it's uh, you have a short amount of time, a group of guys. You try to get ready as a team, learn how to you know play for one another, and then go out there and uh, and try to represent the country and and win. So I was really happy that you know Donovan got to do that this year, and I think it's gonna help him on the long run as it did for me. Yeah, uh, similar along with Rudy. You know, one thing I really wanted to kind of improve on was my defense. You know, and on the defensive end, I think in FIBA, I've, I've started, I started to pretty much guard the best perimeter player, you know, for every game. I think that's one thing I've really, and Pop really helped me out with that, with that mindset coming in there. And just be taking, not taking more pride in it, but having um, better mechanics, you know, better, not gambling as much. You know, in college, I came from where you try and go for steals every second, just keeping a man in front, uh, making your life easier on that end. Um, and also, you know, this time last year, I was, I had just started, you know, playing basketball again because of the injury. So, I think that's one thing that's really going to help kind of being able to have a whole summer where I did get to work um, and put in a lot of time. Yeah, Donovan, to build on that, last year was a lot different with your rehab mm-hmm. and all the things you had going on. This was much different. How, how, is, how did the off season this year compared to last year have an impact on you in your preparation for this season? Um, well, honestly, I can go to the gym whenever I wanted to shoot. I think that's one of the things you really miss when you, you get hurt. And I think um, just being able to just say, you know what, I'm going to go two days today, you know, even sometimes three, um, being able to have that mindset coming in. You know, obviously I started a little bit earlier. Um, I think we both did starting early just because of a FIBA coming, uh, that, that came up. But, you know, I'm just excited to just – play basketball I think that's the biggest thing like I'm I could just feel it you know I'm just excited to be healthy at the beginning of the year because I remember how tough last year was especially for me just not even during the season but just kind of getting to this point of getting to a point where you feel just healthy you know I think so I I take a lot of uh I cherish that because you know it wasn't there and I think that's what's different between this year and last year Rudy, you've had a lot of success in the past as a, a kind of the only true big man on the floor defensively with smaller lineups. Those might be the majority or maybe even all of your team's lineups this year. Do you feel like that's a, a bigger challenge for you, a, a different challenge in some ways where in previous years you've played with Derek and other bigger guys? I think it's a different challenge. You know, um, obviously, I think offensively, you know, the spacing uh, for me as a guy that puts a lot of pressure on the rim is going to be going to make it harder on the defense you know they're going to have to make tougher decisions and uh, the space is going to be way more open for all the guards too uh, now defensively I think we're all going to get going to have to do a little more you know I'm going to have to do more 
we're gonna have to rebound, you know, as a team. We're gonna have to just be a little tougher defensively, and I think we will. This question's for both of you guys. Um, so the league's obviously becoming a lot more global in terms of like who's winning awards, like who, you know, who's winning the World Cup competition, things like that. You don't have to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> this, this season, we're going to see a record number of like uh, NBA primetime games in Europe, and the Jazz will be in three of those games. Mm. Um, how important is it for the Jazz to have experience, exposure to these European fans and just kind of that global exposure? I think it really started with with him. You know, you look at him winning defensive player of the year two times in a row. You look at how many international guys we have. We had Ricky last year. We have Dante. We have Joe. We have Bojan now. Like, there's so many guys we have that are from Europe, from from not not from America I think that's one thing that really helps you know for me I'm getting a taste of it just from playing within FIBA and then even going in China for for my shoe tour I think you just understand the passion and the love for the game and you know I gain a lot of respect you know for um, guys who didn't grow up in America because you all you know is one thing you know and Rudy's talked to me so much just about how much he's cherished basketball and how much they cherish basketball in Europe and China and in and, and Australia. I think that's uh, one thing that's really opening, or at least my eyes, and I think this game and the NBA has done a great job of being able to, to put teams on that platform, and I think we can only do more. I think three is a great start, but I say why not more, and I think, um, like you said, playing playing in these games and doing and going on these trips I think really help. You're not going to answer the question? <laughs> I agree. You know, I think, <laughs> um, you know, growing up in Europe, you know, it's not easy for us to watch games. Uh, I probably watched my first NBA game when I was 15 or 16. You know, so you know, you just you just learn the game and love the game because you love the game, and then you you find out that there's uh, you know ways to watch games, watch more games. The NBA has done a great job over the last few years, you know, at improving that. Obviously, you know, when uh, when the games is at 7 p.m. here, it's at 2 a.m. in France or 3 a.m., so it uh, makes it a little harder. But, uh, you know, the game has grown amazingly, and we have a lot of talent everywhere around the world. Um, you know, and those kids, I feel like 20 years ago, it was harder for those kids to to think that they were going to be NBA players. Now, anywhere in the world, you can, you know, you can have that goal, and uh, and I think it's great for the game. Donovan, there's been so much talk and so much hype about this team, maybe more so in 20 years mm-hmm. of this franchise. How do you deal with those expectations? Do you embrace them? Do you block them out? Uh, or do you make them a part of the culture here? I think it's really tough to block it out in today's world with how much we're on our phones, how much we're, you know, seeing it. So, so the biggest thing for us is... Um, I think Mike said it before, like just focusing on what we can do, you know, what we what we control, we control what we can control. You know, at the end of the day, moves have been made in the West and when people are going to say whatever they want to say. But for us, we we have to start over, really. You know, we have, I think, what is it? Eight, eight new guys, I think, believe something like that. So we have to we have to start from scratch. Kind of, we have a we have a platform, we have a base, but we got to build from that. And I think that's really where our head is at. You know, I don't think any guy in the locker room is saying, "Oh, we're this in the West, or we're that, or we could be here." I think that's kind of setting yourself up for failure if you start to look too far ahead. Uh, the biggest thing is just continuing, starting with tomorrow. You know, tomorrow is going to be one day, and then we start focusing on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, and then we get ready for Australia and then continue to go from there or Adelaide, excuse me. Gotta get it right. (laughs) 
I, I wanted to ask you guys just about that France USA game and how kind of you know unique it was that you guys played against each other and you know, obviously what what ended up happening. Go ahead. <laughs> um, honestly, um, you know it's it that so I those three games for me, Ricky against Ricky against him against Joe were just weird <laughs> to me. Like you know, you came out ready to compete, but it's just. It's different than in practice. You know, usually I miss a shot against Rudy. I get another chance in like two seconds in practice, you know. But like then it was like it was different. And I think, I don't know if you feel the same, but like it just felt different. But, you know, once the ball was tossed up and, you know, I think I said something the first play and he said something back and that's when we got right to being competitive. Um, both played well. I think that that's pretty exciting. You know, he was, you know, really showed why he is who he is, and I tried my best to do the same. But you know, it was just a great experience. You know, I think for us, um, just kind of just seeing us in a different element. You know, I think that's one thing that really kind of was pretty special and that goes for, for Rudy and for Joe. You know, Joe had, what, almost two or three triple-doubles during the tournament. So, like, we all did our own things in different spaces, but it's pretty cool just – and you learn a lot. You know, you learn a lot about guys outside of the, 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 the setting here, and I think it was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, like you said, that's a totally different setting for me, playing for the for your country, playing for the French national team. You know, you – we sacrifice a lot to be able to, you know, you have, like I said, two months. You you practice every day while other guys could be uh, playing pickup games or, you know, being on the beach or whatever with the families. So it's like, you know, you you sacrifice to, to try to accomplish something. And, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of focus, a different kind of, uh, of serious, you know, once you get into the game. Everything is a little tougher. Everything is a little, you know, matters a little more. So it's uh, just a great experience, you know. And uh, I've always dreamed about, you know, beating USA in an international tournament. We did it this time. Hopefully we get to, to do it again. No. <laughs> Uh, for both of you guys, the team, the front office, seemed to go out and find floor spacers specifically to open up parts of your games individually. How, how do you see that working? I mean, what, what do you think you can do now with better spacing? Um, I think the, the the biggest thing is honestly, like, you know, obviously it's no secret we run pick and roll a lot. I think it, it makes, honestly, well, my life, you know, easier, you know, trying to find guys because now, like Rudy said, you know, they have a harder decision to make on defense. You know, you have probably the most dynamic roller in the NBA, and then you got Bojan in one corner. You know, you got Mike, you got Joe, you got Royce. You know, you can go down the line. Um, and I think that makes it a lot easier. I think and it's, it shows that, you know, how much they, they kind of want to support the two of us. And I think it's, 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 uh, it's really on us at this point. You know, I think, I think we're ready for that challenge. I think um, we both had, like, you, like we all know, great, great summers. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it's on. It's, we can control we can control. And I think we are ready for that challenge. Uh, what do you say? You know, I think uh, they, they, they kind of build a team around us, you know, around our abilities to, you know, put a lot of pressure on the rim. And uh, it's, on, it's on me to be the guy that I've been defensively even better and uh, offensively be, be the guy that I've been and keep showing that, I, that I'm getting better every year. And uh, on Donovan, it's on him to, you know, keep growing and keep making play for himself and for, for others. And I think uh, if we're able to do that and, you know, and, and share the ball and, and play as a team and defend with the mindset that we know every possession matters, uh, I think we're going to be very hard to beat.
They're Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert from earlier in the week. We'll go to practice yesterday next, and we'll hear from Quinn Snyder. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Let's go to jazz practice. They've got their meet-the-team event tonight. They've got a preseason game. Uh, with an Australian team, the Adelaide 36ers, tomorrow night. They ought to win that by 40. Um, I've never understood. Well, I guess it's the travel, so I guess I do understand it. But it seems like with a three-week preseason, you could send teams off. The Jazz don't really need five preseason games. Send them off. Send them to Australia. Send Sacramento to India. Send, you know, whoever, wherever to get some of these players. Maybe send the Jazz to France at some point because of Rudy Gobert. And uh, go spread the game around the globe. Play preseason games somewhere where they'll be exciting, right? Manchester United comes to Salt Lake. The place is packed. We never get to see them. Well, how would they feel in France or Australia or wherever? Spread it out. And then bring them back and give them a week to re, you know, get used to the time zones, give them a week to reacclimatize and all that and get ready for the regular season. Anyway, five season, five game preseason starts tomorrow night for the Jazz. All right, let's go to Jazz practice. Donovan Mitchell with the media. Um, I look at, uh, you know, the biggest thing kind of stands out to me is, you know, one experience, obviously haven't been around, but, you know, his defensive prowess, you know, he guarded uh, James and CP that my first year, you know, uh, very well. You know, I think he's the willingness to want to have to guard, you know, he's expanding, you know, his obviously his outshot shot, but just being being poised, you know, the pick and roll player, and dynamic player, but on a defensive end, he's a guy who really wants to, to get after it and guard one of the, some of the best players. I think that's that's what I, that's what we love about him. Your chemistry coming on Mike in the back I love it. You know, Mike's a guy who, I've, like I said, I try and learn as much as I can from. But, you know, I think we're, we're gelling a lot faster than, you know, I think I anticipated. You know, I think um, just from just understanding his, his knowledge of the game, you know, some the kind of things we go over. Um, obviously, the names are different, but the schemes are the same. And the way he kind of gives me feedback on certain things, how to slow myself down, how to find guys, you know, even on the defensive end. Um, it's just been going well. I think you told me in Vegas that one of your goals is to become more efficient this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a decision-making thing, or is that just um, making more shots? Or yeah, that- I think it's just decision-making as a whole. Um, obviously, make shot-making is a huge part of it, but like turning the ball over goes into that. Um, slowing down goes into that. Like Just being patient, um, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've really started to you know focus on as far as just being able to just get into the pain and you know just take my time. Find Rudy, find Boyan, find Mike, Royce, Joe. Like just being able to to slow myself down, I think is the biggest key. How do you practice that? Um, honestly, it's it's all in workouts. It's really just going at a certain tempo. Then when you get in the game, kind of over exaggerating. In practice, excuse me, over exaggerating it. So when you get into the game, it's like it feels it feels natural. And you know, obviously having uh, the center that I had, I was able to do that a little bit more. And just being able to find spots. And when there's less space, you know, it's harder to do. So when we get to you get back to the NBA game, it's a lot easier. Do you approach this camp any differently in the sense that you've been playing so much and you're probably kind of in your game already? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is just 
setting the tone, you know, um, obviously having, you know, being a kind of, I wouldn't say mid-season, but kind of much better shape than, you know, the past two years coming into camp. Just understanding that, you know, I may have a little more energy because I'm, I've been playing all summer. So just being able to set that tone, especially on the defensive end, you know, myself, Rudy, Joe, just coming in. I think that's been the biggest approach uh, to being able to stay stay sharp and stay strong because tendency, you know, as the week goes on, guys like the kind of got to fall off, you know, just keeping the energy high. And I think we've all, as a team, done a great job of that. Anyone jump out at you? Yeah, um, first of all, I didn't know Mie was that athletic, uh, <laughs> for, for starters, I did not know that. Um, you know, Bojan's been coming along, Royce has been Royce has been phenomenal um, on both sides of the ball. Joe's still old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rudy's, Rudy's been, been really good. I think the real thing that really helped with, was me seeing Rudy, you know, in a different element, you know, kind of understanding, you know, how he wants the ball, how, like, because I watched a lot of the France games and how you know, how they fed on the ball, where they got on the ball, and when they did and how they approached them, and like stuff like that, I think is one thing that's really helped. But uh, I would say Royce, Royce for sure, has been a guy who's really picked it up. What do you expect from him in this year? Because you see so much of him behind the scenes last year, yeah. even more so than just what we see out there on the floor. What do you expect? Um, I think, you know, from him, obviously we all know his, his defensive abilities, but offensively he's really become uh, a player in that way, a guy who can make plays, make reads, and it's all coming. It's all, I think for us, you know, obviously coming in at the same time, we kind of have that that bond where it's like all right we know all right look this is we kind of coming we know the plays we know exactly where to be we know what's going to be open we know how and it, it's it's funny because like you know some of the guys don't know what we're doing so like we kind of exploit that a little bit during practice but like just being able to know that because in the game time they're not going to really know you know what's coming so being able to do that i think we're kind of on the same wavelength as far as that goes and he's, he's done a, he's done a lot to improve his offensive game you did not have many lobs to rudy last year um do you think the floor change will have an impact I there? I think so. I think, um, on one, not even just the floor change, but me just slowing down. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, um, it's not that I didn't want to. It's just that I was going so fast and thinking one thing. You know, I was more so just not seeing it. And I think now I'm opening my game up, slowing down, being able to see it, making the right play. And that's what I mean by being more efficient is making the right play. It's not so much, you know, as far as, like, field goal percentage, but just, like, as a whole, as my game. Play Adelaide again this week. Are you yeah. sick of playing Australians at this point? Uh, no, no, not. I'm sick of playing Joe. That's for sure. <laughs> but um, no, not not at all. I think we, I had a lot of fun, you know, down there. You know, obviously, I've had a Australian teammate pretty much every year since high school. So um, I'm pretty familiar. I think that's that's the biggest thing. I'm, I'm excited to play against Adelaide again. One guy on that team is Eric Griffin. You played with My him in summer league. Yeah. <laughs> What do you remember of him and expect from him yeah. this week? We came in, we came into camp together. Myself, him, Royce, Tony Bradley, and Nigel. We all came in together. And, you know, he's he's a funny dude. You know, he's very athletic. You know, uh, can very can get to the basket and even knock down the three. So I'm expecting a lot from him. I haven't seen him in a while, so I'm excited to see him. Don, when you talk about that that appropriate pacing mm-hmm. and speed with the lob to Rudy, does it obviously make that target even bigger? And did you realize just how much room yeah. for you have? For sure, I think. And like I said, I think. I think having who we have in the maybe in the corners, you know, whether it's Royce, Joe, Boyan, Mike, being able to make that pass a little bit easier, I think will definitely make it easier on myself to find things because you know I'm a willing passer, but now it's just about technique, you know, just finding ways to be better at it in any way I possibly can. Speaking of having those extra shooting around, what are your early impressions of Boyan? I told him I make the joke. I said you just shoot 90 percent from three. <laughs> like he doesn't miss. You know, that's one thing that you know when I'm in transition, that's like the first guy I'm looking for. Him and Joe. You know, just finding ways to just find and, and find those guys because you know when you see those guys the defense spreads, you know maybe the next time I'm driving, you know, or Mike's driving, or Rudy's open on the way. So it's it's having having a guy like him and the way he approaches the game, 
and uh, another international player who plays that international and European approach as far as the skill field, which really, you know, makes things really easy when you start going off slipping screens and, you know, whether it's uh, little things like circling behind, like little things like that, I think having that, being able to take that from him, I think might, from a, it would help me, but also it helps that uh, he's kind of in the system with quick help. Well, have there been any components to his game that surprised you, other than just the shooting? His pick and roll has been great. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize how well he played the pick and roll. I think he's um, obviously we all knew that when he took over Indiana, and Vic obviously got hurt, but you know he's very composed, very poised as far as getting to the lane. He's very efficient in the lane. Thanks, Donovan. Last one. I love him. I love him. I'm excited to wear him. Um, I wasn't going to debut him this early, but I was like, you know what? Whatever. He's one of my favorites for sure. There's Donovan Mitchell with the media. Here's Quinn Snyder after practice. Um, I think it it changes based on your personnel, yeah. I mean, I think um, certain guys, you know, our pace changed last year depending on who's in the game. Something, you know, that we look at. And not just the ball handling, really. Like, there's different guys, that, you know, that have different different abilities and different skills. That doesn't mean, you know, everybody has to run back. And you want to run when you have opportunities. You know, it's something we're constantly kind of working at, looking at, adjusting. Do you get a sense this team's playing quicker or slower? Um, it's hard to say. You know, after just a few practices, you know, I, I think you may look at the first three games and have the same kind of it's it's different against different teams you know depending on because there's certain teams that want to play slower and it's hard to play fast against them and there's other teams that fit, play fast and you, know, you end up playing their tempo you know, so, so sometimes there's a sometimes there's a I, th- I think a tactical advantage in trying to control the pace um, but usually I you know I'd rather I think it's preferable to be efficient rather than to be fast or slow. You know, when you look at when you look at Dante, what can you get from him that is kind of unique to your roster um, last year? And, and you know, when he plays like he did in, in yeah. December and January, I mean, what does he add to your roster? Well, you know, I think it's important to kind of know that like, we know who, we, who who Dante is and, and the things he can do. Um, to you know, just be patient with with him, and, and you know, as he starts playing, start starts playing, well, he'll do more and more things. That's what you you know, you saw in in, you know, in January, you, you know, the game that he got hurt. You know, the, um, he he's got great speed. You know, with the ball, he's his size defensively is a factor, and he's going to continue to improve in a lot of ways. And I'm looking forward to having him. Be ready to contribute. You've watched him miss a lot of time, but sure. still having to work so hard to get back. Yeah. Do you like the way he's competed in that work away from the floor that we all don't see? Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's he's committed. He's a committed player, and uh, he's been that. You know, I, I think you know when you come into the league at, at 19, there's just there's a lot to learn, and you know, regardless of, of injury or not, there's just there's a learning curve, and. You know, sometimes there's things you take from adversity, and, and you really, you know, you wouldn't ever wish that on anyone. But I think he's embraced his path as best he can, and um, I just, I just don't want there to be a definitive. You know, it's it's easy for us to, you know, to make kind of assessments and assumptions, and we'll all do that. You know, I'll, I'll do that. You got to do this. You got to do that. But the biggest thing for Dante is it's gonna, it's gonna just take time for him. To, you know, it happened last year. 
You know, I mean, Tony just mentioned you know, December and January, so um, you know he may come out and you know, hit the ground running. I know he's going to do that competitively, and he's. You know, but it's also you know, a process to for a player that, that you know, has been out for a while to try to find their find their groove, and, um, and we know that. Look forward to him having an opportunity to, to, to do that, compete, and be healthy. Donovan said that him and Mike are starting to mesh quicker than he thought they would. Um, mm-hmm. How have you seen that? Yeah, I, I think you know that happens also when, when you want to mesh. You know, you're looking for opportunities. You're communicating. You know, it's really two guys that want to help each other. And you know, when there's one guy that's trying to mesh, and the other guy says, you know, hey, this is who I am. Um, that process takes longer. You know, both guys are trying to figure out how they can help each other, and, um, and you find you find things. You know, and some of them, you know, we can try to identify, and some of them they're they're going to find on their own. Are there battles for playing time? Yeah, always. In this always. Okay. Every year. I, yeah. No. I mean, I, I think that's. I hope so. You know. I mean, that's. You know, it, that's. That's professional sports. That's that's little league sports. You know? <laughs> I mean, if. And that, that's that's how you get better, you know. I think, you know, real competitive teams and competitive players, they want that, you know. That that's whoever, you know, you, you may have a, a player that has a you know a clear separation from someone else, but you know they want someone else to, to compete against them, and that's how that's how everybody gets better. And um, you know, it's hard to take you know take those things in a, in a vacuum. Sometimes competing, we um, have to be careful that it's easy to think about competitiveness for quote-unquote playing time relative to one guy versus another guy. Oftentimes, it's the guy that we can compete as a team. You know, so whatever the benchmarks you use, you know, I can compete against somebody by running back. I can compete against somebody by going to the boards. Um, I don't have to just always compete with the things that show up in the box score. I'm still waiting for the box score to change. It's deceptive about what guys contribute. Yeah. Do you have an ideal number of guys you want to play every night? I want to play everybody that's playing good, and <laughs> it's it's hard. You know, it. Um, I think if you look at the NBA, you know, typical rotations. You know, every team's a little different. Some teams are eight, nine, ten. Um, you know, those things change in the playoffs. They change game to game. So, um, you know, there's always guys that are deserving to play that don't get to play as much, you know, and those are hard things, hard decisions for a coach, and sometimes you, you don't know if you're right or you're wrong, and, you know, you, you keep making those adjustments, and um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, communicating with the players, even if, you know, even if it's, you know, everybody wants to play, even the guys that play want to play more, you know, I don't know what the, you know, the over-under is on how much... Rudy wants to play. I think he'd play like 42 a game if I'd let him. You know. <laughs> so guys, you know, competitors like to play. And, and we're, we're always, you know, if you look at the, the minutes of our guys that are dispersed, they're, they're under league average in almost every position. You know, I don't think, I think we had one player in the top 40 or 50 in, in minutes played last year. So um, that's something we're always aware of, and, you know. Sometimes it's a battle to get guys out because they want to play. That's what you want. There's jazz coach Quinn Snyder. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, PK and I with Craig Bullerjack. Stay with us. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Remember to join Scotty and Hands Monday, October 7th from noon to 3 at Soundsleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. Time to talk jazz basketball with Craig Bowlerjack. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, glad to be back. How are you? Good. Basketball season is here. Expectations are all over the map. I will say that ranking teams 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 in the West – a little misleading because so many people acknowledge there's going to be so little separation. But nonetheless, Jazz fans don't want to be in the 4-5 series again. Finishing fifth uh, no. in the West three years in a row is enough. All these changes, they aren't as big. They sacrifice some size, but they add a lot of skill. They Obviously, it looks like they added shooting. So, how confident are you that they will not be in the fifth spot, which actually is where ESPN has them in the power rankings right now, that they'll be at least in the 2-3, and, and hey, if they're better than that, great. Which is where we're seeing some Vegas odds right now. Yeah, yeah, they're all over the place, as you mentioned. I saw the uh, and I saw you tweet out, too, uh, seventh uh, overall, uh, fifth in the West, and you, know, you just kind of shake your head because uh, somebody's got to be right, somebody's got to be wrong. I've been to practice for three days. You know what? Um, I like what I see. I, I mean, that's all you can do right now until you actually see them on the floor, but it just seems like there is an air of confidence, not overly confident, mind you. That's not going to happen with Quinn Snyder and, and company. But yet there just seems to be an air uh, of uh, confidence. Uh, there is a sense to me of just uh, a quick bonding that's occurred, uh, which is good news because that's kind of the jazz way of doing things as a, as a team concept. And I think as long as Donovan and Joe and Rudy – are in that mix. That's just the way this team is going to perform. And I've been impressed with Conley. I mean, he's had, um, you know, uh, you know, he came off the court with an allergy or whatever it was, nothing serious. But he just is smooth, guys. I mean, I think there again, that's where the air of confidence is uh, when you have someone of his caliber. And nothing against Ricky. Look, Rubio was a terrific individual and had his own ass, you know, his own positive assets, but. Conley is just a, a guy I think that just demands respect. He's earned that, and I think again only helps Donovan grow as a as a guard and helps his team open the floor and become a better scoring team, which you have to be, as you know, in this Western Conference. And uh, DJ, your point's well taken. I, I, I tell you, every night's just going to be a battle. I don't see a game that would be a yawner by any means, especially when you're playing a Western Conference opponent. It's it's going to be a rough road, uh, and I think health obviously is going to pay, play uh, probably the biggest factor when you see where the seedings are. You know, come come April. So I know that I've got 
proven commodities in just about everybody that they've brought aboard, right? Because they're all veterans. They've been doing this for a long time and have had a lot of right. success. The guy that I'm most excited about because of the what he brings for the team is what they haven't had, and that is the shooting at one particular position, and that boils down to seeing Bogdanovich get out on the floor and do his thing to me because I'm looking at the other guys of doing what they do, continuing to do what they do, think it's going to change much. Bogdanovich is going to be the difference maker because they haven't had the skill that he provides. Yeah, I'm impressed, PK. I, you know, I was just waiting to see him um, up close and personal. And look, I see him twice a year. And you know, with the Pacers, the last two seasons, we know him as a incredible three point shooter. You know, last year he was at 42 and change, and his career numbers are at 39. percent And he had a career year scoring last year, also. Uh, with the Pacers at 18, but you know what? I, I I watch it practice too. There's there's more athleticism, you know. There there's a slasher uh, that's inside him as well, and uh, he can run the floor. He's got terrific speed. I mean, I think the bottom line would equate to athlete. And you know, sometimes you get in your mind that you just park yourself in the corner and wait for the ball to come to you. But you know, I I've just saw him much more active than I expected. Uh, in the system, and maybe that's the key as they get out, they're running to their spots, but also uh, they've dropped a few balls inside. He's finished, and I, I, you know, I just think that's more you know icing uh, on top of the cake. Uh, just the athleticism that I've seen from Boyan so far. So, uh, you know, another guy that's ju- that's jumped out at Davis. I mean, he's six uh, ten, so yeah, he would be a guy on the floor. He's got uh, relentless rebounding skills. And he's uh, terrific offensively to you know put the ball back up and in, much like a Derek Favors, and he he gets out and runs. So there's a lot of athleticism that I've seen on on this uh, floor in practice so far. But you know against Adelaide on Saturday, that's when the Jazz kick off their preseason schedule. I don't know if that's going to tell us a lot, but I think the road trip next week to Milwaukee and New Orleans will kind of open up our eyes and, and give us some answers of really what this team can do. You know, there was talk a couple of years of trying to do what San Antonio did where you build up the bench, and if you do that the right way, your bench beats their bench, and it puts your starters in a great position. And the Jazz kind of had a good thing going there, and their bench was pretty productive. And now, and there's a bunch of new faces. Do they all fit together? Are they going to have a built-in advantage there against some teams? Well, I tell you, when you run it down, and this is the kind of way I built my chart. I've been working on this game for the last couple of days, but again, this is all interchangeable. But I'm, I'm guessing that you see Conley and Mitchell in the backcourt, right? Rudy's not going anywhere, and Joe and Boyan uh, as the two forwards. But you know, there's been talk Royce O'Neal could slide in at times, and I understand that the guy's athletic and a good shutdown defender, getting better. Uh, in his third year, but look at Ed Davis, Jeff Green, O'Neal, Niang, who continues to blister the Nets from outside. From what I've seen, uh, Moutier is a real interesting prospect for me. He's only 23, guys, as you know, but in his fifth year, and he made that decision to come here to get better. He wanted to be coached. He wanted to be uh, taught how to play the position at a higher level. So uh, he's kind of an X factor, and so is Dante, who's on the floor now. Uh, been given the clearance to go out and participate. Um, and, you know, his skill set intrigues us all, but we just, you know, we haven't seen him much over the last three seasons. So 
I think he and also Tony Bradley, uh, who's been working hard to really be another big to back up Gobert or come off the bench in small minutes. So those are kind of the bench guys with a few that still intrigue me. Um, I guess probably Jarrell Brantley's got quite an NBA body. And then what do you do uh, with Nigel William Goss, you know, who was an All-American at Gonzaga, who was overseas for a couple of years, and, you know, he's getting some reps as well. So when you, to answer your question, I see the Jazz very deep, uh, and that's that goes to your point, which I think is another thing that didn't happen last year when the injuries hit Golden State with Clay Thompson and, and Kevin Durant. You know, they're starting five or six. Uh, that sixth man, that that was basically the minutes that Steve Kerr had. They didn't have a really deep bench, and it really came came into play in the playoffs. But I think the Jazz are, are well-suited, at least what I see right now. But we're all going to learn this together uh, when they jump on the floor um, this week and next. What's the TV situation for these preseason games? Uh, TV will go Saturday with uh, Adelaide, uh, the 36ers from Australia. We'll jump and do both uh, road games, Milwaukee, New Orleans. Uh, we'll give it a rest against Sacramento on the 14th, and then we'll finish up the preseason at home against Portland, and then the season opener, of course, on the 23rd against OKC. Okay. Uh, I wanted to touch on Ed Davis. You brought him up because I think that the one thing that this team, that I'm not sure, I've been in the practices and we haven't seen any games, the one thing that they lost with the players that are no longer on the roster is the insurance for Gobert because obviously with Favors, they had the best insurance policy in the league, I believe, as far as a backup center with Favors, and he's off to New Orleans now. So what's the situation there for behind Gobert when he needs a rest or obviously, heaven forbid, that he should get hurt? Well, PK, that's that's really another great question and, and something I don't know if has been totally decided, but I'm guessing Ed Davis at 6'10". He's a little slight more, you know, slighter build than what Faves had at 230, 225. But what I've seen, he, he's, he's relentless on the rim, which is very much what Favors was able to do in a finisher once the ball's in his hands. I think the question, too, is where's Tony Bradley fit in? I mean, he's 6'11", about 250, had a great summer league, as you know, and basically averaged double-doubles <clears throat> throughout Salt Lake and Las Vegas. So I would guess that those minutes, most of those minutes at this moment, for my eyes, would be at Davis's uh, Tony Bradley would I obviously uh, maybe jump in for a few in situations? Uh, I think Quinn's got a lot of ability to go, you know, small, big. Um, uh, you know, there's it's, there's a lot of combinations here that uh, Quinn Snyder has at his disposal, and I think that's a, one of the most exciting points for him. Is the only guy that really labeled is labeled as a five is going to be, and probably Tony, is, is going to be, uh, you know, uh, Gobert and, and Bradley at the five. Everybody else is just a basketball player. And I think that's where the league is, uh, you know, that you really don't want to name or put a number on a player. You just go out and play multiple positions. And I think the Jazz really have that at their, you know, on their roster right now, something maybe they didn't have quite as much a year ago. How much more should I expect out of Donovan Mitchell this year? And maybe more importantly, how much are Quinn and Dennis expecting out of Donovan Mitchell this year? Well, I think the first thing, DJ, is that what he expects, and that maybe is the most promising thing of, of all. He's been very vocal at practice, leadership-wise, which we know that's just built in. We saw that as rookie year. But, you know, when he said to all of us, and he said this even with USA Basketball, 
you know, look, he knows he has to improve his defense, and he also has to make better decisions. And for a young third-year, you know, star to really still break his game down that deeply, man, I love it. You know, he's not happy with where he's at. And the other part of the equation, too, is how does Mike Conley make him a better player with this expected more open floor type of offense, uh, which, you know, everyone's got to guard Conley. They've got to pick up Donovan. You know, when Ricky struggled, they would, uh, as you guys know, they, they, they slough off and they would double Donovan and crowd him. Uh, everyone's, I think, on the, the starting five, you know, has respect in this league and they're going to have to be defended that way. So here's the other question. If Donovan can get to the rim like he wants to and, and improve his three-point shooting even more, you know, he averaged, what, nearly 24 a game last year. I'm just looking at numbers that I wrote down for the game. But, you know, I, I didn't realize he was over five free-throw attempts. I thought it was four and a half, but five, just a little over five free-throw attempts. So how do you go from a 24-point-per-night guy to 26? Well, maybe is one extra three-point bucket and maybe a few more trips to the free-throw line. And, guys, if he does that, I mean, is that not all-star status if he's in the 26-and-change 26, 26 range? I would think so. But I think Connolly will afford him more space and more abilities uh, to score and also to, to, to rock the rim, which, you know, again, could put him at the free-throw line for more and one. So uh, I think Connolly's key uh, to, to the floor and the spacing of what the Jazz are going to get. And that only can help. It can only help Donovan Mitchell. Only can help him. So you're saying right now, anyway, Dante Exum is 100%? I am no doctor, but, I mean, he's on the floor, and that's something we haven't seen much. Uh, I think, again, through my eyes, he's on the floor and, you know, participating, uh, and that's that's really a big key for the Jazz to have him on the floor. So I would put him in the mix, PK, for sure, unless, and I haven't been told differently, uh, but I, I would expect that Dante uh, is still going to be coming along probably a little slower than others just to get himself you know, re, uh, <clears throat> reintroduced, but I, I, I think that obviously he's, he's going to be a part of what the jazz want to do. And a big part of that bench, uh, and you may see him slide in as a starter on occasion. I don't think Quinn, you know, last year, you know, Joe, Joe Ingles has always told Quinn Snyder, and it's no secret. Look, if it needs to be that I need to slide to the bench and it's better for the team, he'll do it, which is unbelievable for a guy of his stature, and I think that's the beauty of this team is it's the team concept. But, uh, you know, I there's times that you may see Quinn decide to go, you know, guard heavy, and maybe Dante's part of that equation. We're going to find that together, but uh, I think that he's a, he's a big part of what they, they want, they need, and expect, and you just hope he stays healthy, PK. I'd love to see him play 75 games, right? I can see him missing a few here and there like most players in this league today. Rarely do you get 82, except for Joe Ingles, uh, who's done it three straight years. But um, I, I think Dante, you know, not – you say the X factor because he's Dante Exum, but he's going to be a big part of, of what the Jazz have in what you taught, mentioned earlier, and that's the bench, the strength and the depth of the bench. That was a long answer. All I heard is, I'm no doctor. I'm no doctor. And when you I, said I, I that, think, I thought I mean, everything that comes after this, he's hedging because deep down, nobody really knows if Dante can survive an 82-game season. Well, it just hope. may not be and in the I mean, cards. 
he's been put together shoulder and knee, and now you hope. But, you know, the Jazz uh, have, have kept him. They've paid him, P, uh, DJ and PK. And so they see something that intrigues them to the, to the limit. And I, I get it. I mean, we've seen moments where you say, wow, kid can play. He's, he, his, long, his length will shut down guys running to the corner or running out to the baseline. And then he shows you a little bit of spark on that first quick step to the rim. You know, the thing is, I've got to see him play. I mean, I, I think you do too. PK, you as well, the Jazz fans, coaches. I mean, you can only live so long on in five years' time in this league on potential. You've got to stay on the floor, and you have to prove what you have. And that's kind of my point. I, You know, I, I, I want the answer, too. And But, again, is he totally healthy? Only he and probably two or three other people know for sure. And my guess is yes. Um, and I'm excited to see him get on the floor and prove uh, and show us what he's got because uh, it's been a difficult start to his professional career injury wise and i think you're right stay on the floor and show us what you what you have and we'll go from there i am no doctor (laughs) i am no doctor i think you're going to hear that as a drop going forward (laughs) yak you already have it in the system not yet all right well you'll hear it i'm no like star trek i'm I'm no doctor i'm no veterinarian i'm just a doctor jim He's Craig, great lines, I think, of all time. He's Craig Bowlerjack. He's secretly a Star Trek fan. I did not know that about him. All right, Bowler, we'll see you on TV then Adelaide Saturday night, right? Saturday night. Uh, yes, sir. We'll be there. There's Craig Bowlerjack. Coming up next, what is trending? Baseball playoffs, Thursday night football. Looking ahead to a weekend of football. We'll do that next. Stay with us.